Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Pajemski, left corner to Thompson, relocation three, got it! Timeout Toronto. The Warriors have cut this to 13 thanks to a 7-0 run. And there's 3.02 left in the third. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Another disappointing effort for the Golden State Warriors. They fall tonight at home to the Toronto Raptors by a final score of 133-118. to Welcome into Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy with you uh, on this Sunday evening. I want to hear from you guys all night long. It's been a number of frustrating efforts and performances by the Golden State Warriors Recently, really all season, the Warriors now 17 and 19 on the year. They just can't build off of any positive momentum uh, that they get from the game before. They can't string together multiple wins. Uh, and they put together one of uh, their worst efforts, collective efforts uh, as a team. They fall to the Toronto Raptors, who entered today 14 and 21 on the season. Uh, uh, five and twelve on the road with the wins. Now Toronto fifteen and twenty-one, six and twelve on the road. Uh, but they just run the Warriors off the floor again. Final score one thirty-three to one eighteen. Uh, so again, I want to hear from you all night long here on ninety-five-seven. The game. Give me a call 888-957-9570. Mark Randy with you here on Warriors wrap up. Um, man, that was ugly. It was ugly for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, They could not get a stop in the first half. It was uh, one of the worst efforts defensively I've seen for the Golden State Warriors in a really long time. Toronto put up 76 points in the first half. The Warriors trailed by 27 points at the half. Toronto shot over 61% from the field in the first half. They got out in transition. They beat the Warriors down the floor time and time again. And you take a look at the uh, fast break point numbers. They weren't terrible. I mean, Toronto had 24 first fast break points, which is a lot. But really, it, it, it could have, it should have been worse because that doesn't even count all of the times where Toronto would, would push the ball. Um, they wouldn't score on that initial push, on that initial uh, initial fast break opportunity, uh, but they wouldn't allow the Warriors' defense to get set. The Warriors would be scrambled. R.J. Barrett would be left wide open for a three. He'd hit it, uh, and, and those don't count as fast break buckets, but uh, it, it got 
you know, Toronto, easy looks. I mean, R.J. Barrett was incredible in this game, 37 points, a season high, not a career high for R.J. Barrett, playing in his fourth game as a Raptor after being sent over from the New York Knicks uh, last week. He was 13 of 20 from the field, made five three-pointers, 37 points. Uh, but the Warriors defensively in that first half and then early in the fourth quarter, uh, it just felt like the Warriors were disinterested in playing defense. Uh, and we're going to hear from St- Steve Kerr coming up here in just a little bit on Warriors wrap-up. I can tease a little bit of what he said. Uh, he said in the entire first half, the Warriors just did not want to compete. They were silent defensively. They weren't communicating. They weren't talking. Uh, they weren't helping each other out defensively. He felt that it got a little bit better in the third quarter. Maybe part of that reason is because he switched up the lineups just a little bit. Um, but the Warriors... It, I don't know how else to describe it. It felt like they didn't really want to fight for this one in the first half. They give up 36 points in the first quarter, 40 more in the second. They're down 27 points at halftime. And we can get into what happened in the third quarter when the Warriors put together kind of a classic Warriors run, and there was a moment there where you felt like, oh, the Warriors might actually come back in this game and make this a game in the fourth quarter. Uh, They got down by nine at one point in the final minute of the third quarter. And then, unfortunately for Golden State, they didn't really uh, close out that third quarter well. They got it within nine uh, with one minute left. Then they got a stop. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga drove, looked for a foul, doesn't get it, turns into a Gary Trent Jr. three the other way. So now it's a 12-point game. Then kind of a turnover or a block. I don't know exactly how it was officially scored on a Moody shot. That turns into a bucket for Toronto on the other end at the buzzer. So you had a nine-point deficit. Suddenly Toronto goes on a 5-0 run. They turn it into a 14-point lead. It continues uh, into the fourth quarter before you can even blink. Suddenly the lead's back up to 20. And at that point, the game essentially over. Uh, And we can talk about what went well in that third quarter, what went poorly you know, late in the third, early in the fourth, uh, but the Warriors lost this game in the first half. They had a chance. They had an opportunity in that third quarter into the fourth, um, but they lost this game in the first half, and they lost this game specifically because of the defensive end of the floor. 76 points allowed in the first half uh, in this one, and despite some of the, the struggles for the Warriors offensively, Uh, I mean, they still put up 118 points in this game. Stephen Curry made two shots tonight, all night long. Did not make a three. After making a three, you know, every game for like three seasons, uh, he hasn't made a three-pointer twice in like the last, what, like three weeks now for the Golden State Warriors. He was 0 of 9 from downtown, 2 of 14 from the field. He had just nine points. Uh, the Warriors debuted a new starting lineup. As I we, we talked about on Warriors Live, it was Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins back in the starting lineup. Jonathan Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis. I, as I told you guys on Warriors Live, it felt like this was kind of a, a preemptive move by Steve Kerr to try to get this unit or close to this unit ready for Draymond Green's return. Because I think the main issue for the Golden State Warriors, and we've talked about it I can't even count countless times here on Warriors Wrap-Up, on Warriors Live, on Warriors This Weeks. Uh, The Warriors' main issue is the defensive end of the floor right now. And what gives the Warriors the best chance on the defensive end? 
obviously it's going to include Draymond Green because he's still this team's best defender and it's not particularly close. Um, But because of the team's lack of size elsewhere, I think the Warriors' best chance defensively, honestly, might be Wiggins plus Kaminga. But that's assuming, hear me out, that's assuming that you get at least a decent effort from Andrew Wiggins, and, and it was not there tonight. Andrew Wiggins, in just under 17 minutes, Three points, one of six shooting, 0 of two from downtown, two rebounds, one assists. Uh, He was a team worst, and it's not close, a team worst minus 29 in 17 minutes on the floor today for the Golden State Warriors. By comparison, Stephen Curry was the Warriors' second worst in the plus-minus category, minus 17 in nearly 30 minutes. Andrew Wiggins, in 17 minutes on the court, the Warriors were outscored by 29 points in those 17 minutes. It was ugly, ugly, ugly for the Golden State Warriors, and this felt like Steve Kerr kind of putting all of his chips into the middle of the table. It's all right, it's either going to go great, it's going to go poorly, we're going to find out if Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga can coexist. Uh, And if tonight uh, is is any, uh, I don't know, signal, if it if, if you're going to make a, a, a decision based on just what you saw tonight, uh, the decision is clear. Those two cannot coexist. And I feel like this conversation is getting, uh, it might be a little bit unfair to Jonathan Kaminga. As we talk about Wiggins and Kaminga, only, only one can survive this trading deadline because they can't play together. They got to find a way to make it work, right? I don't know if this Wiggins and Kaminga issue is a Wiggins and Kaminga issue or if it's just an Andrew Wiggins issue. Because I thought Jonathan Kaminga was fine in this game. Uh, Wasn't the most efficient night shooting the ball. I think he settled for too many threes. He was 1 of 5 from downtown, 5 of 13 from the field. Now, to be fair, some of those three-point attempts were kind of forced because he got the ball along the perimeter late in the shot clock. But still, I never like to see Kaminga shooting more than, like, three threes in a game. Uh, He had 13 points, had four rebounds, four assists. I thought for the most part, Jonathan Kaminga had himself a decent game. Um, But the the Wiggins experiment continues to fail. It continues to fail for the Golden State Warriors. And I know that, that Steve Kerr likes to, when he makes some lineup changes, and particularly to the starting lineup, I know he likes to stick with it a little bit to give it a real try and and get a larger sample size out of it. He hasn't been doing that as much recently. Uh, Remember, he put Trace Jackson Davis into the starting lineup. Trace started for two games then was replaced by Kevon Looney. That also coincided with um, Chris Paul entering the starting lineup as well. He replaced Brandon Pajemski. uh, And now you have the change today uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Um, And I don't know. With what we saw from Andrew Wiggins tonight, what we've seen from Andrew Wiggins all season, I'm not sure we see Andrew Wiggins start again for the Golden State Warriors. And it, it was that bad tonight. It was that bad. And again, it, it's not a, are the shots falling? Uh, is, is is he making three-pointers? Obviously, that would be fantastic. And he hasn't been able to finish around the rim like all season long. He is one of the worst finishers in the paint in the NBA, and he shoots there pretty often. To his credit, he, he does put up a decent number of shots in good spots. He just doesn't make them this year for whatever reason, for whatever reason. This is not a small sample size for Andrew Wiggins now. 
it's a big sample size, and he, he simply is not making shots that throughout his career, even before the Warriors, even before he... He, he became the second-best player on a championship team, now, what, 19, 20 months ago. Even before that, he was making these shots that he's missing this year. But for me, it's, it's less about the, the shooting, it's less about the points, and it's more about the effort. It's the, the desire, the drive, the, the competitive desire, the fierceness, and that's just not there from Andrew Wiggins. So honestly, if I'm to make a, a rash uh, decision, a, a rash reaction to this game, I don't think Andrew Wiggins starts another game for the Golden State Warriors in his career. I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens. Steve Kerr talking about how the team just did not compete in the first half, how there was no communication defensively, how he he wanted to change up the lineup because of that, because there was no communication, no competitive desire from that group. I don't think he's talking about any one guy in particular, but he's certainly including Andrew Wiggins in that group. And as a result, I'm not sure we see Andrew Wiggins in the starting lineup again. That's how bad of a night it was for Andrew Wiggins and the Golden State Warriors. And I don't mean to signal out, single out Andrew Wiggins. He, he was not good tonight by any stretch, uh, but neither were a lot of the other Golden State Warriors. If you're looking for a positive, it's Klay Thompson, who was 20, uh, 25 points, 10 of 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from downtown uh, in about 28 and a half minutes. Uh, but the Warriors still lose, and it was not close. The final score, 133 to 118, it really wasn't even that close. In garbage time, the final like six and a half minutes, the Warriors outscored Toronto by 10. The Warriors lost by 15, uh, but it was more like a 25-30 point loss in this one. It was ugly, ugly for the Golden State Warriors. All right, let's uh, go out to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up. I want to hear from you all night long. It's Mark Randy with you on 95.7 The Game. The number to call is 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. And I'm keeping an eye on the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Shout-out to all the, the YouTube chatters uh, right now. You can visit YouTube.com slash 957 game. But up first on the phone lines is Lewis in San Francisco. What's up, Lewis? You're on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? Oh, sorry, Louie. What's up? How you doing, Louie? Fans of Wiggins. Uh, I think he's been probably the most consistent player throughout the whole year, the whole 20-something games, I think, whatever, how many games there is. Sorry, who, so who are you talking about, Louie? Wiggins. Oh, the most inconsistent. It consistent, consistent. You can, you can, you can be sure what you're going to get from Wiggins, and this whole idea that Kaminga and Wiggins can Kaminga. I, I would imagine it's more of a Kaminga wants out or he wants the star role. He wants to be the leading actor, and I think even Kaminga is probably looking at Trey uh, Davis Jackson as a threat as well, uh, in terms of rebounding, except. When I think of Wiggins, I, I think of championship because he is clutch in the in the moment. You don't have that experience with with Kaminga or any other warrior that is new to the game of, of on the team. And so I, I don't I, I listen to you guys all the time on the road at work, and I listen to the games. Then I go upstairs and I watch the the recorded game. And I, 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 yeah, I had a call in defense of Wiggins. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Louie. Uh, I'm not sure what game you watched tonight, 
or what you've been watching for a lot of the season. Uh, I feel like I have been a, a little more defensive of Andrew Wiggins than than a number of of our callers, number of the people I see on the YouTube chat right now, uh, powered by First NorCal Credit Union on the Comcast Business text line. 888-957-9570. Uh, but, Louie, you really caught me off guard there saying Andrew Wiggins is consistent. Uh, consistently inconsistent so far this season. Uh, he He's not been good. He's had good stretches. He's had good moments. Um, tonight felt like a new low. And, honestly, I'm surprised that Steve Kerr went back to him late in the third quarter. Honestly, I, I was sitting here in our studio watching the game, and I, I began drafting up a tweet because, if you remember – Andrew Wiggins started the game for the Golden State Warriors. It was his first start in a long time. He started, and it was a disaster in the first half. We went over that. The Warriors gave up 76 points in the first half. And then the Warriors switched up the starting unit uh, opening the third quarter. If you remember, the Warriors started with Steph Curry, Brandon Pajemski, Klay Thompson, Dario Saric, and Kevon Looney. So instead of Wiggins, you had Pajemski. Instead of Kaminga, you had Sharich, and instead of TJD, you had Looney, an entirely new group for the Golden State Warriors. And they slowly began chipping away, right? Pajemski hit a three. Sharich had an and one. Clay made multiple threes. Uh, Kevon Looney and Dario Sarich were on the offensive glass in the quarter. Then Jonathan Kaminga checked in, and, and TJD checked in. And that run continued. Those two played like the final 6.45 of the third quarter. That's Kaminga and Sharich. And the Warriors outscored the the Raptors by seven points over that stretch. The Warriors got down to a nine-point game at one point in the final minute of the third quarter. And a big reason was because Clay was going off, right? He was exploding in that third quarter. And in that moment where the Warriors are in the middle of that run, I think it was when the the lead was down to 11, uh, it was with about a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, left. I have it right here. The Warriors trail by 11 with 127 left in the third quarter. The Warriors have all the momentum. Chase Center, for the first time all night, is into the game. They're on their feet. They're fired up. They're feeling good, right? Uh, and then what happens? Clay Thompson checks out. Andrew Wiggins checks in. But in that moment, during that stoppage, I think it was free throws for Toronto. I began writing, and I was about to send out a tweet, and it would have been funny if I was like a minute earlier because I would have been proven wrong immediately. But I was going to send out, I don't think we see Andrew Wiggins the rest of the game. And he comes back in, and I'm not trying to pin this all on Andrew Wiggins because there is so much blame to go around in this one tonight. But that's when the game turned. It really did. Now, it wasn't his mistakes at the end of the third quarter. Uh, there was a wild drive by Kaminga that resulted in a crazy shot. He was trying to get a foul, didn't get it. It turned into a three on the other end, and then a moody turnover slash block, but barely even got into the shooting motion, turned into two more points for the Raptors. So a 5 nothing run for Toronto uh, to close that third quarter. Um, but my my point is, I thought that we Andrew Wiggins struggled enough that he was not going to play. I thought he was going to get a DNP the whole second half. I thought that's where we were headed in this one for the Golden State Warriors, um, but we didn't quite get that far. Um, I don't know where Steve Kerr goes from here, and we're going to hear from Steve Kerr coming up in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, and, and the other point, and I I'm, I'm see this being brought up on the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, youtube.com slash 957 the game. Maybe the point 
that's a little more, um, I don't know, the one that we should bring up and, and discuss a little bit more isn't that he brought Wiggins in, Steve Kerr that is, brought Andrew Wiggins in with a minute and a half left in the third quarter while the Warriors are in the middle of a, a crazy third quarter run, uh, but it's that he, he subbed Clay Thompson out. Now, I don't particularly hate that one. I think what's running through Steve Kerr's mind uh, is because Clay had played the entire third quarter, right? Uh, he subbed them out with a minute and a half left. He had played 10 and a half minutes the entire quarter up to that point. He was playing great, but you're anticipating that you're going to need Clay to play more of the fourth quarter than normal because he's almost your your whole offense. So Steve Kerr's thought, I would imagine, is, all right, let's save a minute and a half here from Clay, and we'll buy him a couple extra minutes in the fourth quarter. Now, what happened was Clay did not play a single second of the fourth quarter because by the time Steve would be bringing Clay Thompson back into the game, the game ended up being over. So it ended up being the wrong gamble and the wrong move by Steve Kerr, but I can somewhat see why he made that decision, okay? I'm not saying it was the right decision. It, it certainly wasn't based on how the rest of the game played out, um, but I, I think I can understand it just a little bit. Uh, he played the entire third quarter up to that point. Sub him out, get him a nice breather, the extended breather between quarters, and then you ride him maybe the final nine minutes of the of the fourth, right? By the time the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter roll, rolled around, it was, again, a 20-plus point deficit, and the game felt like it was over. So so why are you going to run Clay Thompson out there anymore? But as as a result of making that substitution, you are running the risk that you're going to be able to keep it a game without Clay Thompson on the floor, and what happened was you were unable to do so. The other the other thing that stood out to me in, in terms of substitution patterns in this game was right around the same part of that game. So Jonathan Kaminga, as, as I already said, Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis, they both played the final 6.45 of the third quarter, okay? Uh, in those 6 minutes and 45 seconds, the Warriors outscored the Raptors by 7 points in that span. Uh, and neither were on the floor to open the fourth quarter, and by the time they re-entered, Toronto had already outscored the Warriors in the first six minutes of the fourth. It was a 23-12 to Toronto run uh, without those two, Jonathan Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis, on the floor in the fourth, and they only came back in when Steve Kerr emptied his bench uh, and waved the white flag on this one. That was when they got into the game in the fourth quarter. Um, it wasn't Kaminga's best game of the season by any stretch. I could say the same for Trace Jackson Davis. But after those two were largely ineffective in the first half, I thought Trace Jackson Davis and Jonathan Kaminga did nothing but positive things in the third quarter to help get that Warriors run going, to help get them within nine points at one point in the final minute of the of the third quarter. And then they got subbed out, and things went downhill. Um a rough one, a rough run, one indeed for the Golden State Warriors. All right, let's hear from Steve Kerr as we continue on Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game. Uh, you can get in line. It's, it's about three and a half minutes of Steve Kerr. So if you want to call in and react to what Steve said, you can give me a call, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors wrap-up here on 95-7 the game. Mark Randy with you. Uh, more coming up, but first, let's hear from the Golden State Warriors head coach, Steve Kerr, uh, who certainly was going to be a little bit frustrated with his team's performance today as the Warriors fall to the 
Raptors. Final score, 113-118. to 118. Here's Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Steve, what did you make of the energy you guys came out with tonight? Well, not much. I mean, we uh, we got punched in the mouth right away. Um, just uh, They just took it to us. They... they um, it had Barnes on Steph, and then we had the cross match, and he just ran to the front of the rim um, over and over again, and and uh, they just threw it, basically threw the ball in transition, and got a bunch of easy buckets early. I think I took two timeouts in the first five or six minutes, and um, tried to to stem the tide. Um, so it was uh, it was an ugly, really ugly first half. I was um, happy with the way got the the guys competed in the second half. We got it to nine with the ball. I think we had a three to get it to six um second half our guys really competed uh but we were too far behind to to really um you know make the make the full run steve you started kaminga and wiggins together but then moved away from that combination in the second half so what was the decision making and starting with those two together but then not going back to it to start the second well you know we've talked about uh, trying to get them together um you know theoretically um our, our two longest uh, most athletic uh, players so um we have not been a good defensive team this year so we've wanted to, to try it um it hasn't, you know, connected really. It hasn't been good for uh, all season, but we're, we're experimenting. You know, we've um, Gary out, Draymond out. We're trying to find a, a two-way lineup that can help us. But um, obviously, the, um, you know, that lineup didn't click. 
What uh, you know, she kind of mentioned it, but you know, you went to a different lineup to start the second half that did kind of click. What was, I guess, the theory behind that lineup, and, and then what did you think, really? Well, I didn't want to go back to the same lineup, and and uh, so you know, I just I, the only thing I was interested in in the second half was just competing, and um, you know what what that means. You can say compete, but you know what does that mean? Um, it means talking on defense. Um, I, I didn't hear anything. It was silent in the first half. And so um, we needed to have, uh, you know, some talk, some chatter, some connection. And uh, so I went with that lineup because I felt like um, they would give us that. And they did. They got us off to a good start. And as I said, we made a, made a pretty good run in the third. But um, obviously wasn't enough. I think we've asked you about this a couple times so far. But how much does the lineup experimentation sort of... Um, hinder you or hinder communication in, in games like this? Hinder. Hinder, uh, hinder the way that you guys are communicating or, or the connection or chemistry that you guys have in, in a game like this? Well, you know, I mean, there, there's a reason I stayed with that uh, first five for 25 games or so because it's it's really hard to uh, to find uh, combinations that, that click. And um, I felt great coming into the season about that lineup. It's the best lineup in the league last two years. And then coming off the bench with Chris and Dario and some of our younger players with those guys, it, it looked on paper like that was going to be the way we would go and uh, you know once we went away from that first group which we had to based on suspensions and injuries and and you know poor play um, we've been in kind of in search mode um, ever since and uh, so we're we're still searching what did you think of Trace's aggressiveness in the third quarter he had about a three minute span where he had 4.6 rebounds one block in a tough game he he had that stick-to-itiveness uh, yeah, Trace is—he's um, a good young player. You know, um, he's very consistent every night. Um, you know, he's in the right spots. He's uh, protecting the rim. He's scoring around the rim. Um, so he's—you uh, know—he he was a bright spot tonight. You know, one of the one of the few bright spots. All right, that's Steve Kerr after the game today as the Warriors fall to the Toronto Raptors. Final score, 133-118. to 118. This was a Toronto team entering the game 14-21 and 21 on the season, 5-12 and 12 away from Toronto, uh, and they earn a win that was not close really at any point. The Warriors got within nine in the final minute of the third quarter, but Toronto really quickly pushed that lead back up to 14. Before the end of the quarter, you blink to begin the fourth quarter it's back to a 20 point game and at that point it, it, it was all over the Warriors fall to 17 and 19 and now 11 and 10 at home uh, and and you hear Steve Kerr talk about that lineup that he went to which featured Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins uh, and as I said earlier I feel like the Warriors best defensive lineup now, you're making an assumption that your players are, are going to be playing to their ability, playing to the level that they've played at past, you know, in the past in their careers. The best Warriors defensive lineup, I think, features Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga. And I think that this for Steve Kerr was an opportunity, maybe the better word is a test, a challenge to see if those two can coexist together before Draymond Green returns. Draymond Green has been reinstated by the NBA. He's no longer suspended. He missed today's game for the Golden State Warriors, not because of suspension, because of what they're calling return to competition reconditioning, which is just a fancy way to say that he's ramping up. He needs to get you know his conditioning back up to speed. He's not physically ready to play an NBA basketball game just yet. 
so when he returns, what lineup is he going to return to? And I think Steve Kerr, the entire Warriors coaching staff, has identified. Uh, it's not difficult to identify. They've identified uh, that the weakness of this Warriors team is defense. I mean, today, Stephen Curry scored nine points, was two of 14 from the field, and the Warriors still scored 118 points. 118 points, and it was not a very good offensive day. I mean, who had a good offensive day? Uh, Clay Thompson shot well, 25 on 10 of 15 from the field. Kevon Looney was really good off the bench tonight, by the way. He was in double figures. Dario Saric was in double figures. Trace Jackson Davis had himself another double-double, 16 and 11. He was 8 of 9 from the field. Some of that in garbage time. Moses Moody off the bench, who had his first first quarter minutes, by the way, since December 23rd. Uh, in 22 minutes, Moses Moody had 21 points. Seven of nine from the field. Like you got, you got some good uh, scoring punch from really up and down your entire roster. Uh, the Warriors had six players scoring double figures, and none of them were Stephen Curry. Offense is not the problem. If Steph Curry has any kind of shooting night, the Warriors put up 130 in this game. Any kind of shooting night, the Warriors are in the 130s. Uh, he was bad. He'll be the first to admit it. He had nine points, six assists. Uh, and he certainly deserves some blame for, I think, the way the Warriors' effort felt in this one. Uh, he was not good, but mostly just because it was a bad shooting night, and that happens from time to time. Uh, but the Warriors know their weakness and, and the reason why they're losing games and why they're continuing to fall in the Western Conference standings, it's their defense. And if they have any chance any chance to do anything this season, they need their defense to figure it out. And in my opinion, in Steve Kerr's opinion, who you just heard from, the Warriors' best chance defensively is a unit that features both Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins. But again, the assumption there is that Andrew Wiggins plays up to the level that he's proven he can play at in the past. It just hasn't really happened so far this season. So Steve Kerr, in my opinion, this feels like, you know, another effort, a last-ditch effort to see if Andrew Wiggins can rekindle that kind of play once again. It did not happen tonight. It was bad. It was bad. Now, Draymond Green returning to this team is going to help. What did Steve Kerr say? You just heard him a little bit ago here on Warriors Wrap-Up. He said in the first half there was absolutely no communication on the defensive end. No one was speaking. No one was telling anyone, screen coming, help. Like, I've got your back. There's, there's a screen coming from the right. Like, all of the, of the communication that happens on the defensive end of an NBA floor, nothing was happening. And what does that tell Steve Kerr? Just no, no competition, no willingness to compete by this team, specifically on the defensive end of the floor. So as a result, he went away from the starting lineup. He he, he benched Trace Jackson Davis, Jonathan Kaminga, and Andrew Wiggins to begin the third quarter. Now, Trace Jackson Davis and Jonathan Kaminga played still like 645 of the third quarter, but they did not begin the second half. Andrew Wiggins played the final minute and a half of the third quarter uh, and a little bit in the fourth quarter, and it was a, a disaster. But if the Warriors have any chance to do anything this season, they're going to need to get better defensively. And two of the better defenders, like, ideally, if, if you're just looking at, like, body type and athleticism and strength, like, theoretically, Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga 
should be able to be part of a good defensive unit, theoretically. Now, it depends who the other three are around them. I guess maybe the better way to put it is, theoretically, when you look at their their frame, their strength, their quickness, their agility, uh, their, their athleticism, theoretically, Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga should be uh, part of your team's best defensive unit. And it just has not been the case so far this season. It has not been the case. And this is how Andrew Wiggins plays when he returns to the starting lineup. It was really bad today from Andrew Wiggins. You look at what he did. Three points, one of six from the field, two rebounds, one assist, minus 29 in just under 17 minutes played tonight. That's bad. And I think what frustrates Steve Kerr more than anything else, it's it's what he's talking about there. It's the willingness to compete. It's it's the communication on the defensive end of the floor. It's not making shots. No, it's making smart decisions offensively, not settling for threes when you can take it to the rim or maybe making a pass, an extra pass to a better shooter as opposed to taking a deep shot that's contested. But it's not about that for Steve Kerr. It's not about Andrew Wiggins scoring 25 points a night. It's is Andrew Wiggins bringing it on the defensive end of the floor. Is he competing for rebounds uh, time and time and time again? Is, is he fighting for loose balls? Is he doing all of the other stuff, the little things? And it was not the case tonight. And as a result, I would not be shocked if Steve Kerr changes the starting lineup again. And when the Warriors next play, when they take on uh, the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday to close this homestand, I would not be shocked if Andrew Wiggins is not in the starting lineup, and I would not be shocked if we never see Andrew Wiggins again in the starting lineup for the Golden State Warriors. It it felt like a turning point tonight. It really did for me. All right, 888-957-9570. we got to take a quick break here on Warriors Wrap-Up, but I want to hear from you. Give me a call, 888-957-9570. Uh, what do you think of this Warrior game today? Andrew Wiggins' performance, Steph Curry's performance, the Warriors waste a Clay Thompson great game. He was 10 of 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from downtown. Uh, more disappointment for the Golden State Warriors. We've got more Warriors wrap-up coming up next right here on 95.7 The Game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Thompson catches and fires, hits another 325 for Clay. Well, he's in that. Just give me a little bit of a look, and I'll get it in the hole. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. 
Welcome back, Warriors. This wrap-up continues here on a Sunday evening. Mark Randy with you on 95.7 The Game. The Warriors fall to the Raptors 113-118. to The Warriors now 2-4 and four on their season-high seven-game homestand. They got one game left. They got Monday, Tuesday off. They take on New Orleans on Wednesday. Uh, a 5.30 tip, by the way, on ABC. A special 5.30 tip on a Wednesday on ABC. Uh, it's new. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, it might catch you off guard. So if you have tickets to that game on Wednesday, by the way, just make sure you have plans to get there early, much earlier than you might have been expecting, because the game will tip off at 5:30. Coverage will begin at 4:30. I'll have you with uh, Warriors Live beginning then at 4:30 on Wednesday against New Orleans as the Warriors try to head off on a four-game road trip with some semblance of, of positive energy and momentum. Uh, but right now, uh, their homestand, they're 2-4. and four. And you look at all of the games, I mean, you can make a case that the Warriors should have won every single game on this homestand. They take on Miami, remember, Thursday, December 28th, uh, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year's, without Jimmy Butler for the Heat. They also were without Kyle Lowry. They were missing a couple of other rotation players. And you lose that game. You trailed really from the jump. Never really were in that game. Uh, Dallas is, is maybe the one that the Warriors should have lost, although Dallas was playing without Kyrie Irving, also without Seth Curry. Now, it doesn't mean the Warriors were really in that game from the jump, um, but you certainly had a chance in terms of talent-wise. Like, you know, you should have had a better showing in that game. You beat Orlando, a nice win against a good Orlando team. And then we know what happened last week against Denver, where you led by 18 points with like six and a half minutes left, and you let that lead slip away. You beat Denver, and now tonight against Toronto, who can't, coming into the night, 14 and 21, 5 and 12 away from home, uh, you felt like coming in. This was a game you should have won. Now, it doesn't mean the Warriors, based on their effort, should have won. That is far from the truth this was arguably one of the Warriors uh poorest efforts of the season just lifeless no energy it it didn't seem like the Warriors were up for this game like this kind of felt like a game you know kind of in 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 the prime years of this Warriors dynasty when they had Steph uh, and Clay pre-injuries Draymond Green was the defensive player of the year and they had Kevin Durant you know, when you had Sean Livingston coming off of the bench and you had David West and all, and all of these great players, right? You had Andre Iguodala. It felt like one of the games, one of these games where the Warriors kind of just, not purposefully, but, you know, they, they take a game off. They sleepwalk through a half, right? Because, oh, you know, at this point of the season, instead of being 17 and 18 entering tonight, the Warriors are what? Like 27 and 8, right? Like, that's where the Warriors were at those points of the season, during those seasons. And you can afford to kind of let a, a game slip away. Uh, and, you know, they sleepwalk through a half, and they find themselves down by 20 points at halftime. And then they do what these Warriors did in the third quarter. They put a rally together, and suddenly you go into the fourth quarter, and it's like a seven-point game. And Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or Clay Thompson hits a couple of big shots, and you end up winning, right? Like, that's kind of what the first half felt like, but it feels entirely different with the context of what this season is because the Warriors are not in a position where they can just sleepwalk through games, where they can give up the fight in the first half. They're 17-18 and 18 and the 10th seed in the West. They don't have the ability. 
They don't have uh, the right to do that at this point in the season. You're at home against Toronto, a team that, again, 14-21, and 21, not one of the better offensive teams in the NBA. Bottom, like, third of the league. I think they're 25th in the NBA in three-point shooting entering tonight. They made 15 threes on 33 attempts. They shot 45% from downtown. And, you know, you can credit the Raptors' shot-making. Yeah, they, they made some. Um, but how many of those are open shots and just poor defense by the Golden State Warriors? It happened time and time and time again. Again, Toronto in this game, uh, they had 66 points in the paint. So when they weren't making threes, uh, they got everything they wanted inside. Um, they had 24 fast break points. And really, I think that number is uh, not it doesn't fully capture what they did on the fast break because there were so many times where Toronto, uh, they would push the tempo, which this is something I wish the Warriors would do more often. They did it all the time last year. Maybe they did it a little bit too much last year, but I think the Warriors have uh, over, you know, they've overcorrected a little bit too much. They're now on the other extreme of being like the worst uh, fast break team, the worst tempo team in the NBA. But Toronto, 24 fast break points, but really they got more off of pushing tempo. They would push. Uh, and then they'd kind of pull it back out and reset, but they do it quickly enough that the Warriors could not set uh, in their you know half-court defense, and you'd have a mismatch somewhere. And while the Warriors are stuck scrambling, trying to deal with that mismatch, Toronto would kick to R.J. Barrett on the right wing, and he'd bury it three. Toronto killed the Warriors in transition. Uh, again, 66 points in the paint. They only committed seven turnovers. The Warriors only committed ten. Like It's not like the Warriors were throwing the ball away over and over again. Now, it was bad in the first half, and it's how they started the game, and it kind of set the tone for the rest of this one. You look at how this game started. The Warriors' first possession came off of a Toronto-made three-pointer. They inbound the ball after the basket, and it just goes out of bounds. Turnover for Jonathan Kaminga. Their second possession, Andrew Wiggins dribbles into trouble along the right wing, loses his balance, ball knocked away, it's on the ground, he tries to grab it, he can't, a turnover. Literally the Warriors' first two possessions were turnovers. Uh, You know, a few moments later, they had a possession where everyone was just standing along the perimeter, uh, and it forced Jonathan Kaminga to take a late shot clock three-pointer. He misses, it turned into a Siakam run out for a dunk, Steve Kerr immediately calls a timeout, a 9-2 Raptors start. Like, from the jump, literally from the moment this game started, the effort was not there. You give up a three on the first possession, all right, you know, whatever. It's today's NBA. That happens. Turnover, bucket, turnover, bucket, shot, late shot clock three, bucket. Timeout, 9-2. Right. It was from the jump for the Golden State Warriors. And you begin to like sort through all of these issues uh, and and just went what went wrong out there for the Golden State Warriors. And I think it's where, and I know there's been a lot of clamoring for Steve Kerr to adjust and to do things differently and to maybe put his, his plans on the back burner and, and shake things up, try something new. But when you look at everything that has happened for the Warriors this season, you look at some of the individual performances, like Steve Kerr is not at the top of my list for why the Warriors lost this game tonight. And if he is, for you, 
I frankly, I disagree, but I want to hear from you. Like if, if if you blame Steve Kerr for this game tonight, give me a call. 888-957-9570. Now maybe you you argue that it's on Steve Kerr uh to make sure that his team is willing to to fight in the first half, like we heard from Steve Kerr earlier. Uh and I'll play it back for you here really quick in, in a moment. Uh, talking about how there was just no competitive juice uh, for this team in the first half. Now, maybe you blame Steve Kerr for that, um, but at some point, your players just got to make plays, right? Your players got to play well, and the Warriors players aren't playing well. Andrew Wiggins looks like he doesn't know what he's doing out there on both ends. The Warriors look lost defensively as a team. As Steve Kerr said, no one is talking defensively. No one is communicating. No one is helping each other. Does Draymond Green solve some of those issues? Yes. Is he going to fix everything? Absolutely not. This team has issues with Draymond Green. They have issues without Draymond Green. They have issues caused by Draymond Green. He will help defensively, but he's not going to to fix everything. The Warriors have too many problems for that to be possible. Uh, But here is Steve Kerr talking about switching the lineup out of the halftime break after watching what was an incredibly poor first half. Well, you know, we've talked about uh, trying to get them together, you know, theoretically, our two longest, uh, most athletic players. So we have not been a good defensive team this year. So we've wanted to, to try it. It hasn't, you know, connected really. It hasn't been good for all season, but we're, we're experimenting. You know, we've Gary out, Draymond out. We're trying to find a, a two-way lineup that can help us. But obviously, the, um, you know, that lineup didn't click. And here's more Steve Kerr postgame talking specifically. That was a little bit more about Kaminga and Wiggins. Here's Kerr talking specifically about why he made a lineup change to begin the second half. Remember, the starting lineup for the Golden State Warriors, uh, it was a new one. You had Steph Curry along with Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, and Trace Jackson Davis. To begin the third quarter, it was Steph Curry, Brandon Pajemski, Klay Thompson, Dario Saric, and Kevon Looney. Uh, Steve Kerr, why the change to begin the third quarter? Well, I didn't want to go back to the same lineup. The only thing I was interested in in the second half was just competing. You know, what what that means. You can say compete, but, you know, what does that mean? It means talking on defense. I, I didn't hear anything. It was silent in the first half. We needed to have some talk, some chatter, some connection. And uh, so I went with that lineup because I felt like um, they would give us that, and they did. They got us off to a good start. And as I said, we made a, made a pretty good run in the third, but um, obviously wasn't enough. So if you're Steve Kerr, like, what do you do? What do you turn to? The guys who you need to rely on, the guys who logic would tell you would be part of your best units are just having terrible seasons. So what do you do? What's what's the magical solution for the Golden State Warriors? I mean, we see them trying to put a little bit more emphasis on the offensive end, and that's what it was when Steve Kerr started Chris Ball uh, and Brennan Pajemski, right, or, or taking Pajemski out and starting Jonathan Kaminga uh, and all of those changes to the lineup before this one tonight. And that helped offensively. Like, the Warriors have consistently been, over the last couple of weeks, one of the best offenses in the NBA. Legitimately, one of the best offenses in the NBA. But you pair that with them being one of the worst defenses in the NBA. So Steve Kerr makes an adjustment. Without Chris Paul, obviously you're losing some offensive punch because Chris Paul, despite you know his age and 
You know, he's been shooting the ball really well lately, but he was struggling to shoot the ball early in the season. Despite all of that, he still helps offensively, and he takes a lot of the pressure off of Steph Curry. The Warriors have been a better offensive team with him on the floor than with him on the bench so far this season. But Steve Kerr adjusts and tries to put out there a unit that has a better chance at defensive success, right? You reinsert Trace Jackson Davis into the starting lineup. Trace Jackson Davis, more rim protection than Kevon Looney, right? Uh, Trace Jackson Davis seems to know where to be, uh, has a, a great feel for the game. Now, he still gets beat. It happens a lot, but that's what happens with a rookie. But you also put out there Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga. Like, that should be a decent defensive group. Klay Thompson obviously is not the perimeter defender that he has been in the past. But if you're Steve Kerr and, and, and you, you try the more offensive, firepowered offense, uh, and it works offensively, but it, it's an issue defensively, and then you switch to a unit that you think should have more defensive success, but you see an effort out there in the first half that is so incredibly disgusting and disheartening, like, what do you do? What is left to do besides just wait for Draymond Green to come back and hope that he solves everything? Maybe the, the move is to start it, to start Moses Moody. And I mentioned that as a possibility today earlier on Warriors Live when we were talking about what might the, the, the new lineup change be. Maybe it's Moses Moody for a combination of defense, effort, and hustle, and energy and you hope that he finds his three-point stroke once again. For as hot as Moses Moody was from downtown to begin the season, I think he shot like 25% from downtown in the the third quarter, or pardon me, in December. I don't know. Maybe that's the move for Steve Kerr. But you get to a certain point where you, you've seen all of the Warriors' issues and you've seen all the individual shortcomings. And, I mean, I just ask myself... I can't necessarily blame Steve Kerr for these issues and, and for the shortcomings because at some point your players just have to play well and the Warriors players are not playing well. All right, let's hear from some of the players after the game tonight for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Clay Thompson, just asked to sum up this game. Here's Clay's answer. I think it was just one of those nights. I think we haven't been blown out like that all year and just one of those nights where we tried to muster up the energy, especially in that third. We made a nice run, but uh, just got nothing to flow, and it's an ugly loss. Just one of those nights, says Clay Thompson. <laughs> I don't know about that one, Clay. I mean, it was just one of those nights, but you should be able to control the the effort and the energy. It This felt like a game that the Warriors just did not care about. The defense in the first half was just so incredibly disheartening. You allow 76 points in the first half to a Toronto Raptors team that is starting two guys they just acquired. And then even before the trade, uh, not one of the better offensive teams in the NBA. 76 points. If you weren't allowing open three after open three, you were allowing backdoor cuts for dunks. If you weren't allowing backdoor cuts for dunks, you were allowing runouts on the break for easy lay-ins. Toronto got everything they wanted offensively in the first half, and for the vast majority of this game, aside from like a 10-minute stretch in the third quarter, just one of those nights? 
Come on, you gotta you can control your energy. The Warriors don't have the ability now sitting at 17 and 19 to just trick off a game here and there. You're in the fight for your life at this point. The Warriors are approaching the deadline and they might break things up. This might be the end of this era of Warriors basketball and you're just going to say this is one of those nights? Man, the energy's got to be better for the Golden State Warriors. They just were unwilling to compete in the first half. And I... And I know how I feel watching this game from our studios. I can't imagine all the frustration around Dub Nation right now. That first half was ugly. It, it, it feels like they just don't care. It was bad. It was bad for the Golden State Warriors. Here's more Clay Thompson, who has consistently been optimistic despite rough loss, frustrating loss after frustrating loss. Here's more Clay Thompson asked why he still feels optimistic. We got Steph Curry, we got myself, Draymond Green's coming back, Chris Paul will be back. Uh, we have champions on the roster, and uh, I will never panic, like I said, with uh, I really believe in this team, and still have a ton of basketball left, and like, what, what's the point of panicking? Like, we've been through incredible highs and some low lows with this team, so there's no point in just pointing fingers. All you can do is keep working and uh, believe, and I certainly do believe. Well, I appreciate Clay believing in, in his optimism, but at some point you just got to see something positive and, and take a step forward. You see, like, the Warriors do <laughs> they, – they're just unable to, to build off of positive performances, right? Like, uh, you got to win over Orlando. And it was one of the better wins of the season. Orlando was a quality basketball team. And you follow it up uh, with a really good first – three-plus quarters against the Denver Nuggets. Like, that honestly felt like one of the better, like, Warriors performances coming off of a nice win, like, all season, or at least in quite a while. Uh, You play well, you beat Orlando, you followed up, and you build an 18-point lead over Denver. You're like, well, maybe maybe things are changing here just a little bit. And then they follow it up by by losing an 18-point lead in the final, like, 645 of the fourth quarter. Uh, You bounce back. Uh, on Friday, and you beat Detroit, but it was close, and it came down to the wire against the worst team in the NBA, but you got to win, and now you're looking to take a step forward, build off of that win, see if you can develop some some good habits, some positive momentum as you try to close off this homestand with a winning streak, uh, and you put together your worst first half of the season. You allow 76 points in the first half, the most points the Warriors have allowed all season. You allow R.J. Barrett playing in his fourth game as a member of the Raptors to score a season-high 37 points, 13 of 20 from the field, 5 of 8 from downtown. Pascal Siakam was 7-11 from the field. Yaka Pertl, 6 of 8. Dennis Schroeder, 6 of 10. Gary Trent, 6 of 11. Chris Boucher, 7 of 7 from the field. Like, you just have incredible offensive night after incredible offensive night. Andrew Wiggins, a minus 29. Uh, Steph Curry, a minus 17. Klay Thompson, a minus 16. Brandon Pajemski, 2 of 11 from the field. He was a minus 9. Ugly. Ugly game for the Golden State Warriors. And what's so frustrating about this season, at, at least for me personally, is as I was talking about earlier, you have like a step forward. You beat Orlando. And, and you start playing well against Denver and then two big steps back immediately after that. 
you hang on uh, against Detroit, a game that you should win, and you do. A win's a win. It didn't feel great, but you got the win. That's a step forward. You got a win, and, and you're trying to close out this homestand the right way, and then you take two steps back tonight. It's kind of been the story of the Warriors' season so far, a step forward and two steps back. And I know we're not yet halfway through this season. The Warriors now 17-19. and 19. They've played 36 games, uh, five more games until the official halfway point. Um, but the Warriors are at a point where you're going to need to see something change soon. And it's, it's not because, you know, you're out of a playoff spot if you don't. I mean, the West is pretty forgiving. The Golden State Warriors are now, after tonight, the 11th spot in the West. Uh, but they are only four and a half games out of fifth. They're only five and a half games out of fourth. I don't say that as I think the Warriors are going to catch all those teams. But the Warriors, despite all of their issues and how frustrating this season has been, the Warriors are not that far away from being not only in the play-in, but out of the play-in on the right side of things, like at the four, the five, the six seed. The Warriors are not that far away from that. But the Warriors have decisions to make about the roster moving forward, and the the deadline for that is a month. Trade deadline, one month and one day away, and, and we're th- basically at the end of this day, so the Warriors have one month until they have to make decisions about the future of this roster. Maybe they stand pat and maybe they make major moves in the offseason. But they're going to base that decision based on what the Warriors do over this next month. And at the moment, <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel positive for the Golden State Warriors. And I don't know uh, what the move is. I don't think there's a home run move that solves the Warriors' issues. Um, but it just feels like the Warriors should be playing with a little bit more urgency than they had tonight. 76 points allowed in the first half. And it, it wasn't just ter- Toronto shot well. Toronto had a very good offensive day. But it wasn't just Toronto making crazy contested three after crazy contested three. They got everything they wanted at the rim, at the three-point line, in transi- transition Excuse me, everywhere. It was an ugly performance for the Golden State Warriors. All right, a couple pieces of business to take care of here on Warriors Wrap-Up before we get on out of here. Up first is extending the three-point line, and for that, uh, let's go with the Toronto Raptors' R.J. Barrett. To quickly, who misfires. Barnes' offensive rebound. Open man is R.J. Barrett, left sideline. Another three, and this is turning into a route right now. 71-49 Toronto. The Warriors have given up 71 first-half points. And they would give up 76 in the first half. That, of course, was Tim Roy here on 95-7 the game. As always, R.J. Barrett finished with 37 points. That was one of five threes he made. A season-high 37 points, by the way, for R.J. Barrett, who is playing in his uh, fourth game as a member of the Toronto Raptors after being acquired uh, last week from the New York Knicks. Uh, But that was extending the three-point line brought to you by West Coast Men's Health, successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit West Coast Men's Health com today. All right, last piece of business is our hardest worker of the game, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. Uh, and for that, I feel like uh, I got to go with Moses Moody in this game, actually. I, I was thinking about Clay Thompson. 
Clay was very good in this game. 25 points, 10 of 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from downtown was a big part of the Warriors' run uh, in that third quarter. Um, but Moses Moody, getting back into the regular rotation, played over 21 minutes, uh, played in the first quarter tonight, by the way. His first first quarter action since December 23rd against uh, Portland, uh, and he was good in this game. Now, a lot of his points, some of his points came in garbage time, but he scored 21 points, 7 of 9 from the field, 4 of 6 from downtown, had 3 rebounds and assist, uh, a steal as well. Uh, and in a game, the Warriors lost by 15, but were down by 20-plus points for a lot of the night. Uh, Moses Moody only a minus two. Uh, aside from uh, the two Warriors that played only in garbage time, Jerome Robinson and Lester Quinones, who were both plus 10 in the final six and a half minutes of the game, aside from those two, Moses Moody's minus two, the best plus minus for the Warriors tonight. So Moses Moody, our hardest worker of the game, again brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. All right, that'll do it for Warriors wrap-up tonight here on 95.7 The Game. We're back bright and early tomorrow morning, of course, uh, as we react to this game. Um, morning roast, as always, 6-10. to 10. Steiny and Goo, 10-2. to 2. Willard and Davis from 2-6. to 6. You won't want to miss it tomorrow on a Monster Monday here on 95.7 The Game. Our next Warriors game for you is, as I said earlier, coming up on Wednesday, the 10th of January. New Orleans in town to close out the Warriors' seven-game homestand. The Warriors desperately needing a win. New Orleans, by the way, coming off of uh, a great performance tonight in Sacramento as they route the Kings 133-100. to At one point in Sacramento, the Pelicans led by 40 in that game. So the Pelicans feeling good about themselves. They've won five of their last six games. Uh, they come into San Francisco on Wednesday. It's an ABC game, special time, 5.30 tip-off. So if you, got, if you got tickets to the game, make sure you make note of that. Make sure you get to Chase early, 5.30 tip-off on Wednesday. Coverage begins at 4.30. I'll be with you then for Warriors Live. I'll have you covered as well on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game as well. But one final time, the Warriors fall tonight. Final score, Raptors 133, Warriors 118. The Warriors now 17-19. and 19. And on their seven-game homestand, a time where we thought the Warriors might turn their season around, they're now 2-4. and four. All right, for Chris O'Connell and Sterling Bennett across the glass, my name is Mark Granny signing off. Thanks so much to all of you for tuning in on this Sunday evening. Hope you have a great rest of your night, and we'll catch up with you again tomorrow, bright and early, here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.